All right, we're back from a long, long hiatus. Uh, yes. Bucks and Brews. Um, we got a lot to hit tonight. This may end up being a couple episodes. I don't know if both will be live, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to start tonight, Nick, because I have something exciting. I'm excited to hear about it. So I had my upper scope and my colonoscopy the other day. I get oh. done. I asked my, my doctor, I said, so doc, do we think I ever really had pancreatitis? He goes, I, I don't really think you did. He goes, I, I think everything was this liver abscess. I'm like, all right. So with that in mind, I am going to attempt something tonight that might be a really bad idea. But we're all about trying shit out, right? We're all about bad ideas. So tonight, hopefully Nick doesn't have to drive me to the hospital in pain. I'm going to try an Angry Orchard strawberry. All right, we're going with fruit tonight. We are fruity tonight. I'm going with Mike's Hard Mango. It was really good, so I kept a few for tonight, which they've been sitting for a little hiatus. Yeah, we, we haven't been live in a while. Yeah, same. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Sorry, guys. Uh, we, it's delicious. We tried to have content um, on hand, but we kind of ran through that. We didn't foresee, right? So something we talk about all the time, right? Plan for the future. And we did a little bit, but we didn't see this far into the future of you kind of going through your stuff. Uh, I went through some personal losses in life and, uh, you know, funerals and it just everything just kind of didn't add up. Right. And it's not that we didn't make this a priority. It just right. We we do this because we want to teach people about how to be able to do the things we just got through. Right. Absolutely. Like we just lived the life that we just spoke. Right. So it took, like I don't feel bad about not giving the content to the people like i'm very proud because we just live like financially we're kind of coming out of it uh right i got to spend dying moments with people i love right like i mean i was there for those for, for the time and that's that's what i do this for right like as much as i do it for the people out there i really do it so i can have that that time in life right? absolutely and so i think to me i guess that's where we come from is like we we really we practice what we preach you know, I mean, it's real, it's real and it's true. And, and it sucks that it kind of happened for the people that love hearing us and watching us and we appreciate you, but it's awesome to be able to practice what we preach. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Mike's thanks so much. Angry Richard. How's, how's that first sip? That first sip was absolutely wonderful. Good. I mean, I don't know alcohol for like what, you know, five months. I haven't had it since one of our episodes in May. And it's almost September. Yeah, like three months. Wow. That's crazy. Um, so far, no pain. Good. I just had a tiny sip. I'm not going to drink a lot because I don't want to get sick. Yeah. I, I really have missed doing the show. Uh, Nick and I have, you know, been trying to, to get on this for a while. And <laughs> I uh, I got a lot to hit tonight. I've I been saving a lot of stuff. So we're going to hit as much as we can and yeah, as, kind as, of see what happens. As quick as we can. I say. Yeah. We tried last week and I ended up with what a flooded basement and then number two. Oh, I ended up with number two. I ended up with a broken pipe, uh, you know, an hour and a half away, like a main line, everything. Oh, it's crazy. So uh, we're, we're, we're trying. We really are. So we have a ton of subjects to talk to tonight. So let's just kind of go through them as they are. Some of them are really going to interest Nick. Some of them might not as much, but. But that's the good thing about us. Like some interest you and yep. some interest me more, right? I mean, so you and I talk about generational wealth all the time, right? Because that's what we're going to leave. That's 
absolutely what we're planning to leave. Yes. So with generational wealth, I found some great graphs the other day, okay? Yep. Um, one of them talked about intergenerational wealth between the baby boomers, which, you know, my parents, Nick's parents. Yeah. Um, Generation X, which is me, and millennials, which is Nick. Yep. So, of course, you know, millennials always get this bad kind of rap. And I, honestly, I think it's bullshit. Yeah. When it comes to, you know, generations I can't stand, I fucking hate boomers. <laughs> I just fucking hate boomers. Yeah. I, you know, and it's funny because I get along with a lot more boomers than I do, let's say, millennials, right? Because, like, on the outside, like, you, you, you definitely get along with that millennial mindset. And I actually get along so much with the boomer mindset of, like, because, you know, it's funny. I was thinking today on, on that, on that subject, because I was like, you know, all the time I think, like, I was, I have an uncle that's a contractor, right? He's up there in age. And I was like, man, think of the amount of money we could have made if we were both doing this. And I was like, wait. Why am I not doing this right now with a contractor that's really working and doing? Oh, that's right, because I can't find him because he's working, right? So I forget that I only see the laziness around. I don't see, I don't see the actual like hard work around, right? You know, and I think my biggest issue with the boomers is they still have that old mentality of this is how it was when I grew up. Yeah, and that's not how it is. <laughs> I, that's just not life anymore. Sure. Okay, it's not 1972, and you can't go out and buy a new pickup truck and buy a house and basically have no debt. Sure. We've turned into a debt-ridden society. Yes. And don't most, we. Don't we. <laughs> most of Generation X has way too much debt. The millennials have a ton of debt. Yep. And the boomers are just sitting there bitching and moaning that, you know, people don't want to work, which isn't necessarily the case. Right. And we're going to get into some work stuff here in a little bit. So when I look at this graph, which, you know, we'll, we'll share this on uh, Twitter later. Um, we look at, in 1990, the amount of baby boomers that had generational wealth was sitting at about 20%. Yeah. Okay. Which, which means the generation before them gave them money, right? That, Correct. That, that's how this works. So if you guys don't understand, so what we talk about with generational wealth is... Um, Right, your your parents or your grandparents leaving massive amounts of money so your life becomes easier yep. later, right? So like, yeah, your parents might have had to work, you know, you hear the word trust fund baby. Yep. Right. That is like generational wealth. Like Correct. granted, that's on a big FU level, but like, you know, when you come into a you know, more than me, where I have to pay for my family's funerals and stuff like that, right? Like, no, this is like, hey, everything's taken care of. And here's a big lump sum of money. Right. <laughs> right. So just so just in case you don't know what that's like, that, that's that's what we're talking about. So somebody left the next person money. So when we kind of compare that to numbers now. Yeah. And, and this was published the beginning of 2020. So they only had stats through 2019. Around 55 percent of boomers had generational wealth. Yeah. OK. So their, their parents started passing. And, and they got money. Sums of money. Yes. Yes. So when you compare that to Generation X, my generation, we're sitting at about 16, 17%. Okay. And when you look at next, you know, generation of millennials, they're sitting at about 4%. <laughs> yeah. So that's really low. Um, I can say, I think that the Gen X, as the baby boomers start dying off, will gain. 
but they're not going to go from the 20% that the boomers started with all the way up to 55%. I mean, that's a 35% jump. It's huge, right? And Nick, I'm expecting maybe a 10 to 12% jump, maybe. Well, I mean, you figure, right, like 10% of people actually have some type of money. So if you go 10% of that, right, I mean, that, and then you add it to where you are, yeah, I mean, you'll you'll see, I don't know, a 7% growth. Like, well, I mean, you're, you're giving it, I think you're giving it credit. Like, that has to be big, substantial, yeah. few money to, because, you know, when you talk about boomers, right, oh, go out and get a car. Why? Guess what? They just go pay cash, because guess what? Yeah, I'm sorry, mommy passed, and, like, I feel badly, but guess what? You came into this money, and you went and bought a car, and you're still debt-free, and you think everybody has this fucking lifestyle. No? It's not how it works, right? Well, you know, <laughs> like, and with a lot of the older people that are, you know, let's say 70s, 80s, yeah, they're really pushing things like reverse mortgages. Are they bringing it back? Oh, reverse mortgages have been huge probably for the last 12 to 15 years. Well, because so, I knew they were I knew they were really big kind of when I was younger. Um, so they started getting a lot of popularity right before the recession. Yeah. Because before Fuckface died, yeah. he tried to talk my mom because my mom had control of my grandmother's piece of the house. Sure. Into letting him take a reverse mortgage, reverse mortgage on the house. And she said, absolutely fucking not. Sure. Well... You know, and it's really funny because, you know, I don't see it kind of happening. I mean, just because, like, I'm so focused on the other side. Yep. But uh, for people that are listening, like, I've actually looked into it for somebody in my family, right? And I actually told them that's the best option for them. And, and which, for some people, it is. Which, coming from me, yeah. is the most surprising thing you'll ever hear. But really, like, it just says, F you. It's already done. They're paid. See you. Have a good day. Yeah. Right? And Six people can't fight for it. So, <laughs> so if Mikey, for yep. example, had a mortgage, yep, and let's say he was in his late 60s, yep. and he came to us and said, hey, would a reverse mortgage be a good idea for me? I would say absolutely, because you don't have anybody. I mean, he doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have kids. He doesn't go to church. He he, yeah, he, there's nobody he's looking to leave that money to. Get the money now, spend it, have fun. 100%. See, have, have a great time. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't make it, oh, well, right? I mean, Pretty much, you, yeah. You've lost nothing out of it. You got the worst end of the deal. If you got the better end of the deal, good for you. So, of course, we love to break stuff up as much as we can. So when we look at this generational wealth, let's figure out where their wealth is at. So if you look at the generation before the boomers, they had about... 25-ish percent that had generational wealth. Sure. Which makes sense because, you know, wealthy people back then were actually taxed. Yes. Whereas they're really not anymore. I mean, gosh, I, I want to have a... This episode can go so freaking long. It could. <laughs> say, we're going to get into taxes later. Yeah. Say, but yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, wealthy... Okay, so wealthy people aren't taxed or are taxed still on their income. Correct. There's just... Up to a certain amount. Yes, there's just different ways that they get no taxes, right? Correct. So like, we'll, we'll bring out the biggest example of everybody, right? Jeff Bezos. And the amount of no taxes that he pays on the business where he still makes profit in his business, right? Like mm -hmm. that's where that comes from. It's not that he's not paying tax on his income. He's paying tax on his income, but he's not paying taxes on the business, which is the part that's making the money. So where we make the company money, working, you know, eight hours a day, 10, 12, you know, there's however many, there's that cocky guy out there. I work 18 hours a day. Good for you, man. Yep. Awesome. Like, but you're paying taxes on it. Um, where he doesn't 
technically have that because he has this one lump check that comes right, right? and so um ah uh, it's just yeah i get it so when we look at the boomers they're literally sitting at over 60 trillion dollars of generational wealth if you, if you account for all of the boomers yeah um it's insane and it's pretty even between other they have four categories they have other pension entitlements corporate equities and mutual fund shares and then real estate and it's pretty much between other and real estate yeah now if you look at gen x well i mean i ahead. think if you point this out though but like we'll share this graph right on our twitter um and we'll have it out there but look at pensions look at pensions that is a huge like yeah. i'd say it's a quarter right every other one of those on that screen nowhere near we're going to talk about the rest of them but pensions aren't a thing anymore right? no they're not right? you're not like, getting pensions not at all i mean people people don't sign up for pension jobs like companies are hey we can't afford it we're done with it like see mm-hmm. it's gotta go so you know i that pension money is just it, it's crazy so when you go to gen x they're sitting at about 22.2 trillion which is you know roughly a third of where the boomers are at yep and again it's pretty divided up between real estate and other and other yeah for sure um and then when you look at millennials they're sitting at 6.1 trillion well yeah six point right so I mean, and it's one, mo- t- one it's, tenth of a baby boomer yeah and yeah. it's mostly in other and honestly pension entitlements which shocks the hell out of me right i mean it's not heard of right now right um you know one thing but you know, one thing I see right here on the baby boomers on the uh, silent generation, um, right? The, the corporate equities and mutual funds, right? Yep. Mutual funds is there. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people, hey, if you were smart enough to invest it, yep. you, you did the right thing. So I guess the way I look at it is <laughs> these are how, when, you, when you're looking at wealth by generation and your four things are wealth and mutual funds, real estate, pensions which i don't believe you can count on that's right right Right. that's a person that wants to work the rest of their life type thing and other which you know you can't you can't figure out and there's so many other things like right business ownings and stuff like that um but i mean to have real estate mutual funds be there those are the places your money needs to be (laughs) i mean it really is and and the reason millennials are at you know such a low percentage yeah is because they just don't have the money to invest back in the we'll take that they don't have the knowledge of where to get the money to invest okay well you know when you look back really starting with reagan yeah we went from a cash society to a credit society very very much so now everybody's saddled with credit schools cost 10 times what they used to cost so if you want to go get a degree which we're going to hit some of that later too it costs, you know, hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to get that degree, mm-hmm. and they don't start charging interest six months after you graduate like they used to. Now they start it day one, right? And you know, it's it's weird because I just had to do calculations because you know how I like to fight. Absolutely. Um, but it really, gosh, if you if you don't work, pay any debt, it really does cost you a hundred grand for yeah. four, for four years, which. I mean, that's just making no attempt. That's just taking yeah. student debt because it does cost. It costs twenty, let's say twenty five thousand dollars a year, right? Especially if you live on campus. Yeah, I mean, you know, say it could be, it could be more. But if you're making no effort at paying any part of it, mm-hmm. not trying to pay for your books, stuff like that, 
it cost you twenty five thousand. That's that's insane. You know, I remember, and that's at a regular institution. Yeah, I went to a private. I went to a private one. Yeah. I, you know, um, for one year, and I don't have a degree, just so everybody knows. Um, right, I went to a community college, paid cash for that. Yep. Went to a private school on a scholarship half ride, and uh, walked out of there with debt. So I'm not going to say I didn't. I didn't have debt. No, I've had debt in my yep. life, right? Like, it, again, the, my my debt was to cover insurance for health. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like that's all it was, but. No, I, that's $100,000 in debt. Yeah, it, it's insane, honestly. Yeah. So that's kind of the generational wealth I wanted to go with. Um, now, because I love to switch gears and I, I really kind of want to keep switching things up, let's talk about CEO pay. Because, you know, I follow people on Twitter and Dan Price is one of them. And yeah, of course. He, he threw out a comment the other day of you spend 10 years of your company and they give you a t-shirt. No, actually, I got a $5 uh, pay deduction. Nice. John <laughs> so, um, <laughs> knows somebody that got a little tchotchke. Actually, for 10 years, uh, they gave me what equated to, um, I would say $20 of a gift card that I could go buy anything I wanted. So it was like a sleeve of golf balls. Um, I, you know, I ended up buying a vinyl record and, I, and it was like, yeah, 20, if I would have bought it in the stores, it was like 21 bucks. So, and I used all my points to buy it. We, uh, we got a catalog. Nice. And you could pick out of the catalog, whatever you wanted for that 10 year. Nice. So I priced everything out and got the most expensive thing. Of course. It was a metal detector. It cost $99. There you go. Now, I, uh, you know, my wife's grandfather just passed, and uh, he worked at Steelcase, which my mom works at Steelcase. Um, my grandfather worked at Steelcase. Like, I come from a – I worked at Steelcase, mm -hmm. right? I come from a Steelcase. Uh, for those that don't know, Steelcase used to be um, the number one uh, furniture, furniture manufacturing, right? So office furnitures, chairs, yep. things like that, um, desk, filing cabinets, all those types of things. Um but for 25 years, when you worked at Steelcase, you used to get a very nice watch. Yep. And or a clock, right? And when you do the math, it's probably 300 bucks. Yep. You've done 25 years, and you're worth a 300 gift to these people. Yep. So, <laughs> but we paid you along the way very nicely. You took bonuses away. You did a lot of negative, and you took pay away. So that way, back in 08, right when things hit. You never recovered from it. You never gave it back. Well, you know, we, we've talked internally here uh, at Break Room Therapy about doing things for our staff because I would love to be able to pay 15, 18, 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. But we're still a fairly new business. We're mm -hmm. not there. Okay. One of the things Dawn does is she buys drinks and snacks every couple of weeks and keeps the kitchen area stocked. Sure. That way, if you know, somebody that's working is thirsty or hungry, they just come up here, grab something, and go on with their day. Yep. You know, it, it costs us money, obviously, but the morale that the employees have is phenomenal because they know that if they don't think to bring something and they get hungry, it's here. They don't have to really worry about it. Like, you know, you're able to, you're able to over-deliver mm -hmm. and under-promise at that point, right? Yes. You have promised, 
I don't know what you pay, right? Let's say 10 bucks an hour. You've promised, hey, 10 bucks. Yes, I want to be at 16. I can't be there because you know what? Yes, right now we're sitting okay, but we don't know what the what everything looks like. Right. We're not at a constant point. And, you know, you're within your first five years of business. And we know that, you know, 90% of businesses fail within the first five years. So, like, yes, it could be a new, it could be a trend, it could be whatever. But the fact is, is right now you're like, hey, I need to figure out what every July looks like, not just this one. I need to look like what Christmas time decline looks like. Can I support this? Right, making educated decisions with your money because if you offer just twenty bucks out the gate, and you know you're able to do it for the first year, but then the second year, right, you you really should only be paying this person eighteen. Nobody's going to take that pay no. deduction. No. So right, that's when you give the the chips, the cookies, the the pizza party. I seen you guys went bowling, right? Yeah. Like, all expenses paid, <clears throat> fun trip doing yep. this stuff, right? Like, hey, here's a gift card for your family to go out to dinner. Thank you for coming, giving your time to this company. Right? Well, we t- we talked about, I, I told Don, I said, I've never had a job that really did anything for me at the holidays. So I want to be able to say, you know, for Thanksgiving, hey, let's get them a turkey. Or for Christmas, hey, let's get them a gift card to Meyer, something. Sure. It doesn't have to be huge. Just something to let them know we're thinking about them. Because, you know, I remember some of the gifts we've gotten at work. I, I always sit there and I look at it and I go, yeah, that's great. I would have rather had the 20 bucks on the paycheck. I mean, one year they got us Blockbuster at home service. Nice. I already have Netflix. I don't really want Blockbuster. Yeah. And I mean, that's cool and all. But, then but to pay they, for you it. only paid for it for a month. Yeah. And it cost you like $15. You could have just given me the $15. It would have meant more to me. Yeah. Well, you know, and let's say when I first started with, with Gentex, uh, they gave us Omaha Steaks for Thanksgiving. Right, because some people. Yep. But so it was Omaha steaks, and I, you know, I got what four steaks, chicken breast, burgers, and and it was great. And then two years in, right, it became uh, like a cheesecake or a thing of nuts. And all right, after that, it became a twenty or twenty-five dollar gift card to Family Fair, which was right across the street, and gift every employee. I didn't complain. I was very happy. And but I mean, I love the steaks. So that was great. And then the $25 gift card, all I did was punch out that day and go across the street and fill up my car. Yeah. Everybody's like, hey, what'd you, oh, I bought a bottle of liquor. I did this. I, I put gas in the gas tank. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I could have put gas. And I was like, yeah, guaranteed I came to work for a full week. Good job. You know, I was like. I was at the end of everything. So I got hired and that was our last Halloween party. Oh, nice. And it was phenomenal. I met one of the, you know, VPs. He was dressed like Ozzy Osbourne. It was cool. Nice. We had a huge party. We had a huge party for Thanksgiving. We had a huge party for Christmas. We had a huge party that following summer, and then parties were done. You ruined there everything. were no more parties. You ruined everything. Um, when you hit a milestone, so 5, 10, 15, 20 years, they had a big celebration for everybody at those milestones. So at my five-year, I got to go, and they had the Amway Grand. Nice. Open bar for 30 minutes before the event. Open bar, dude. And then they, you know, they would bring you couple glasses of champagne during the thing oh wow i got tore up it was it was awesome it was my five year yeah i've now been through my 10 year and my 15 year and there ain't nothing no more (laughs) they don't do nothing you got a smoke you got a metal detector this year is my 19th year so next year will be 20 you know they do nothing let's say give you a metal detector yeah yeah. (laughs) that's that's what i can look forward to yeah anyway so back to you know yep these guys making a bunch of money right i mean ceos well, and it came from Apple's CEO, Tim Cook, okay. who has now been the CEO of Apple for 10 years, you know, Steve what Jobs happened 10 died. Years ago? <laughs> um, so 
how he marked the occasion is he took a whole bunch of stock that was due to him and he sold off a whole ton of it, three quarters of a billion dollars worth and got way richer by selling the stock that he got for, you know, putting in 10 years. Oh, 750 million bucks is don't change. And, and what did uh, Joe down in IT get for oh. 10 years? Oh, he got a, a sleeve of golf balls, three, three golf balls. Pro probably, yeah. yes. So, I mean, you know, when you look at those things. He might have got a discount on the brand new Apple 20 phone. Maybe. Here's, here's... He might have got a discount on last year's version. I mean, hey, if you sign up with this company, though, we'll give it to you even better. This is a coupon, good redeemable for you to go spend a thousand bucks, but it could have been two thousand, that's for sure. Yeah. But if you give it three years, bitch is worth twenty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, those are kind of the things out there. And, and again, I think that it tells your employees that you care about them if you're doing something for them, yeah. and not necessarily the CEO. I, I realize CEOs are important. Sure. But at the same time. If you don't have any good workers, the CEO is not overly important. And and that's right. It's you want as a CEO, you have to you have to create that environment. You have to create the next tier. Mm -hmm. And you know, I used to be in that mindset because even at Steelcase, the CEO used to come around and man, it was the dog and pony show, right? You had to yep. sweep, you had to do everything. And you know, Nick, tuck your shirt in. Uh, you know, back to tuck my shirt in, but nobody like right. And uh, you know, he'd come around and he wouldn't know a single name. But he'd have, he'd make the boss, and the, but that's what the boss is supposed to do. Right. Hey, Chris, this is whoever, right? Oh, hey, thanks for working for us, right? No, you know. But to me, I mean, I'm a handshake guy, right? Most people know this about me. If you shake my hand and it's horrible, I don't, that shows me you don't show respect, right? Yep. Unless you're elderly type thing. I want a full. Hey, Nick, thanks for doing what you do, and you know. Mono, and I'm like, that's not leadership, man. You, like a, right? A, like a you limp, actually care. A right? limp fish. Yeah, exactly, right? You know who I hate? I hate the people that go in for the handshake and they grab your fingers <laughs> and they squeeze <laughs> the shit out of them. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. dude, don't step up to me with your half-ass handshake yeah. here. If you're gonna shake my hand, get in there and give me a handshake. I want it full, baby. I want, I want, I want to interlock yep. our webbings. I want. A grip, you know, I want... And I mean, coming from Nick and I, that's a big thing, because we did yeah. jump into the pool hand-in-hand hand last year. That's right, right? And so, <laughs> uh, you know, but... So CEOs have, have a place, but now it's like, what's their worth, right? And, um, you know, the, the ability to find the right people to do the right job is a huge thing, and keep people motivated, right? Um, I think leadership is... Leadership is huge for me. I, I totally agree. So... As we're going, let's switch topics again because I mean, we love it. we love hitting this stuff as quick as we can because we have so much to get to. So, home buying is something that interests Nick greatly. Not at all. So, I, I read the stat the other day, Nick, and ah, I thought of you specifically. I read this stat too. One in seven homes are now bought by Wall Street investors. Yep. Starter home prices are rising seven times faster than renter incomes. That is absolutely correct. The typical renter needs 27 years to save for a 20% down payment on the median starter home. That is absolutely correct. Thoughts on that? You're a fucking moron. Elaborate. Uh, a, you don't have a budget, right? And you're looking to finance everything. Yep. So congrats, yes, if it took you that long to save to get to it. 
you haven't done what we call budgeting. Nice job. Fix it. Okay, but right. let me interject there. Sure. So let's say I'm a recent grad. Correct. I'm 23 years old. Okay. I'm saddled with $125,000 in college debt. Small. Yep. And my job requires that degree. Mm -hmm. And they're going to pay me the whopping salary of $11 an hour. Okay. How do I make that work? You make your minimum payments on your college debt. Uh-huh. And save. You're living at home. You just moved out. I don't care. Get roommates. Do something to make your bills lower. You right? really have to hustle. And this is, I mean, you're at your prime to be able to work, yep. go out and work, right? Yes, you're making $11 an hour and you should live comfortable. I should live comfortable. Sure, then live comfortable and understand that your comfort doesn't need to bring up to my standards of comfort, right? Like, even in my career of real estate, my first house, right? I didn't have fucking AC, mm -hmm. right? I had window, I, I didn't have a fan plugged in half time, right? It took me a year or two to finally get a window AC and then afford the electricity on it yep. type thing. Um, we keep our house at 62 degrees in the winter. You know, you come over in the winter. Like, everybody, oh, man. I'm fine with it. Right. But, like, other people are like, why don't, you so come up, why don't you come to our house? Okay, cool. We'll come to your house. Like, oh, man, it's just so cold. The kids, well, like, now we keep it at 65. <laughs> you know, but, you know, like, suck it up. Go up. I mean, my wife and I, you know, the, I love it when the post comes up. Oh, hey, man, we put in 187 hours this week. And, yeah, okay, again, we talked about the guy bragging that he works 18 hours a day. But during that time, I was saving my money to do better things with my life, right? Like, it wasn't like, I know I'm going to work 18 hours for the rest of my life. Like, go out and get that second job. Go out and interview for other things. And you know what? All right, so here's the fight my wife and I are having, right? We don't have to stay in West Michigan. Right. Cool. I love you. Love my family. Love her family. Whatever it is, right? Like, yep. she wants to be close to family. You don't have to fucking stay. Right. We can shoot. You know, if I, I had a decent offer opportunity down in Houston from a friend of mine making very decent money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, this is my opportunity to go make. She could go anywhere. And she would make shit tons more anywhere else. We would live very good. Mm -hmm. But because our self issues and our self saying we deserve this, we want this, we we should have this. Bless me, sorry. Um, right, it's it's that scared to leave, right? You get comfort, and comfort comfort doesn't make money, right? Scared money don't make money. If you're scared, scared to leave. you know. Yeah, right. Save save up your little bit of money. I mean, well, Don and I talk about that too, because the thing tying me here is my mother. Yeah. And if something happens to my mom, we can do anything we want. Now I'm not looking to leave the area because I got a house down in Plainwell that I want. Sure. But like I told you, that'll turn into, you know, a vacation house yep. because I'm not going to move to Plain Mall and live there. Yep. And I hope to have enough money to, you know, be able to get a small place somewhere warm. Yep. So that if I want to leave in the winter, I can just can leave. Yeah. And, you know, I say and that Plain Mall house, right? Like you, it has to be somebody you learned and trusted. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I don't. And it's not like everything happens overnight, but. Just like generational wealth. Okay, so if if Benson, right, like whatever, his kids are in college and they want to go towards Western and, and play most kind of down. Yeah. You know, or KVCC or whatever, right? Yeah. Hey, can we can we rent a room down there? Well, yeah. hey, that's our vacation. 
we'll, we'll pay you 20 bucks, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, like, you know, whatever you agree upon. I mean, and if I were them, I'd be like, Hey, I'll mow your lawn. Can I just stay here? Yeah. I won't use anything else. Like, right. Like beg, borrow and steal. And like, that's what people forget is like, they think that they need their own shit all the time. And it's like, dude, we are America, which my wife will tell you, I'm a freaking hoarder, just like you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Like I have so much stuff that I don't need. If the opportunity came and I had to move, if somebody said, Hey, I'll give you a million bucks right now. And you have to take what you can fit in this little suitcase and figure everything else from there. And I'm like, when, how quick do I get, you know, a hundred bucks? And they'll be like, uh, you know, I'll save up the hundred bucks. I'll go. Guess what? Yes. Okay. I have to go to Walmart and I'm paying $15 for a four or for a four pack of shirts. I, you know, I'm packing my underwear, my socks, my sandals, whatever it is, yep. depending but like I can go buy all new stuff and I don't need anything else except for what I have right here and a cell phone, right? Yep. Like I don't need the cell phone either as long as I have access to any type of a library around. Like I'm not right. in a third world country. There's libraries all over. There's free internet. There's free laptops. There's free Wi-Fi. There's free stuff all over. We're just so self-centered that we need it for us, me personally. And I go back to, man, you really could do this. Like, mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time. I don't have internet. I don't have cable. You it know, doesn't like, bother you at all. Not a bit. I mean, you know, my wife just got a new cell phone that doesn't just plug into our TV. So now we're like, all right, how do we figure this out? Okay, we can turn my phone onto a hotspot. And then when I get a phone call, it'll interrupt it. But we used to pause things anyway. We can still use my phone, but I'm going to get a new phone because I have to because of T-Mobile. Or it's like, I could just go to the library and rent the hotspot every two weeks, right? Like, Hey, put it in her name, put it in my name, transfer it back and forth. Like there's free internet technically out there, right? Yep. Like um, it's, you know, people are, people are just so entitled is the word really mm-hmm. like they, oh, you know, I mean, dude, how many cars do you have? Technically three. I have three. Technically four. I have three vehicles and a fucking motorcycle, right? Like, <laughs> like we're gluttonous people. I have I mean, my aunt's car. I have my Equinox, I yep. have Caitlin's car, which is in my name, and I sure. have Don's vehicle. But right, so like Caitlin's is hers, whatever. But like you have three, right? I mean, just like that. That I can drive and, anytime. Yeah. Right, and at one point you had a fucking RV. Yep. I mean, you just have all these, you know, it, it, it's, you know, look at your mom who's a single lady who's older. It's just a fucking truck and a car, right? Like. Well, I mean, the car is mine, but yeah. Because she has the Cutlass at home. No, I'm saying, doesn't she, she has nope, like an no. Equinox or something? Nope. Oh, she, she just has the truck and and, oh, okay. and my aunt's cutlass. Okay, sure. But like, you know, we, we just have all of this stuff. And I mean, I could look at my back porch, right? And I have half the woodworking tools I never use. I have a putt-putt golf machine. I have a bowling arcade machine. I mean, just things that, oh, I want it, so I'm going to have it. I don't need that stuff. Yep. So, you know, yes, does it impact my life for the two seconds? Yeah, it's great for two months while we do it. But I haven't played that fucking game and since I moved it over to Genesis. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I mean... It's, it's, so how do you do it? You, you live minimal, right? You do that fire movement, live off of the minimal that you can. And that's, that's what I think, right? So save your money doing it that way, right? Well, and again, when we look at, you know, somebody we've actually helped like Ashley. Yeah. The first thing I told her when we started talking about, you know, what her benefits were, I said, honestly, kid, I would take 10% and put it right into your 403B. 100%. 100%. We talked, yeah, right yeah. on. Right on. I, I said, you're never going to miss that kind of money because she's making so much more than she made at her last job. She's not going to miss money she never had. Correct. So she's not even going to know it's gone. Mm-hmm. 
she's going to be thrilled with what she's making minus that 10%. They're going to put another three in. So you're putting 13% into your retirement every two weeks. Yep. And you look at it and, and I look at it from the other way. Okay. So you talked about this college kid, right? Yep. Who got to finance everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. So find, find the company that's willing, you know, if you're going to be that guy, find the company that's willing to finance your freaking housing, put on your credit card and save every damn penny. Right. And then before the one year is up and you're on time with all your payments, guess what? You have one year to save up every dime of your $11 an hour. And then if you walk away from, from that lease, guess what? You have the money saved up. Like I'm not saying finance the life, but if you're going to do it, play it the smart way. I mean, there's yeah, companies out many, there that will take credit cards. How many young people think like that? None. See, and that's the problem. Cause I didn't think like that when I was younger. I, I you know, I screwed myself with a ton of debt. But, and, but that's how, like, I've always just thought, how do I get to that next spot? Right. Granted, I wish I thought 10 ahead, yep. but really it's just, I have this situation. How do I get through this situation to the next situation? Because I know it's coming. Like what, you I, know, I was going over our finances with a buddy of mine from work with, yeah. you know, how, how the business is doing. And he goes, Hell man, you guys keep rolling like this. When are you retiring? I said, honestly, 12 years or so. Yeah. He's like, how old will you be? I'm like, like 55, you know, maybe by 60. That's just it. Like, and he's like, wow, that's, that's pretty aggressive. Yeah. It's not that I'm not going to work. I just don't want to work every day. I want to do what I want to do. I mean, we talk about that all the time. I say, when we look at, we look at Gavin, we had him on, yep. right? He works every day. Weekends. Yep. He has employees during the week, right? Or no, he works out. He, he works, works during, during the week. The week he employee. has employees on the weekend. Why? Because he still works on the weekend. It's worthless for him to pay somebody during the week. Yep. And he makes money on the weekend. Like, so yep. he, you know, here you don't have employees during dead times. Nope. I mean, you just, it was Dawn and I on Thursday. Right. I mean, so it's to me, to me, there's so many ways to get around it. Right. And people are like, I don't have friends. I don't have family. Okay. Number one, we can talk about you as a person yourself. You know what? You can meet people. I don't trust people. Okay. Guess what? That's a you issue again. Right. No. I shouldn't have to live with somebody else. Cool. Right. Again, welcome to your entitlement. Guess what? You don't want to live with somebody else. Again, go rent a one bedroom apartment and have it be the outbuilding of somebody like, you know, I have, I have a lot of friends that rent out their mother-in-law suites because they have yeah. very nice homes. And, and if you just find somebody that has extra space and you don't have to technically live with them, you can, you can have a walkout, right? Hey, I'm going to put a lock on this door. So that way I have the full base. I shouldn't have to hear people. Dude, Jesus, you don't need your own. Like you want that? Go pop a fucking tent somewhere in the middle of the woods and live like that. Like, I'm not going to sit here and fight with you. Because I can't make you want it in life. All I can tell you is here's some ways that I know for a fact work. How do I know? I've been there and fucking done it, right? Well, like, <clears throat> well, let's think back to like April or May. You and I are talking, and and I brought up the fact that you know, hey, Caitlin, you know, she has an extra room. Yeah. Somebody might look at renting that out. Yeah. So in October, she has a friend moving in, renting out that other room. I still need a lease from you for room rental. Okay. So we need to work on that maybe Monday. Sure. Um, just to yeah, get an Monday, idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have to think about that. Yeah. So, um, just to, you know, get that all situated and 
Caitlin said to me specifically, well, my friend, she, you know, kind of, she's at the time she wants to move out for her parents. She, you know, wants to start doing her own thing. She goes, and uh, honestly, I haven't worked a lot this year. I, I could use the help with the bills. Yeah. Who's been saying that? Yeah. Right. And it's, well, you know, do you want it? Do you, you know, and it just takes that opportunity, right? Like you're helping somebody else fill a need, right? One of my favorite lines in the movie, uh, I think it's Robots. Yeah. It's a Disney kids movie, I believe, right? Uh, I don't know the guy's name. Big, big round ball guy, you know, head of everything. And uh, his, his saying is, see a need, fill a need, right? That's the biggest key. Like yeah. putting, and I am, what makes me successful? People ask all the time, what makes you successful? I find what people need or people want and I give it to them. Yep. Or I find what people need and I give them the right people that need it. Yep. Because guess what? I believe that the world comes back around because, hey, you want this house. I know the person selling it. Or, hey, I can give you this. Like, it's just constant. Christy is a great example because, you know, I pushed her into talking to Rob. Yeah. Which she didn't end up going with. Sure. About refinancing. And that spurred her to look for a new place. And she ended up buying a new place. And she got out of the condo. And she's, you know. They have the signing on the condo today, so she's fully nice out. She's gotten paid. Yep. They have the new place, and she thanked me for it. And she's like, you know, I obviously needed that push. I'm like, I'm really good at getting people to do what I want them to do, yep. not necessarily what they want to do, but what I want them to do. Yeah. And sometimes you need somebody that'll give you that push, because if you don't, you'll just keep doing what you're doing. So let's again switch gears. Let's look at uh, what one of the things I want to hit is the economy. Is it better with Democrats or Republicans? The because economy. We, we the talked economy about this is, back in November. The economy is theoretically right better with Democrats. Right. And most people would disagree with you, wouldn't they? Yes, very much. And they would be very wrong. Correct. So when we look but, at the last 50 years. Yep. Uh, 50 years. 50 wow. years. Okay. So. 28 of those years, Republican presidents. Yes. 22 Democrats. Correct. Uh, total jobs created. In those 28 years, Republicans have created 24 million jobs. Okay. Democrats have doubled that, 42 million. Okay. In six less years. Okay. Um, stock market returns. Republicans, 109% over those 50 years. Well, 28 years. Sure. Democrats? 992%. Okay. When you annualize that for a year, that puts the Republican yearly at 2.7%. Now, Nick, I'm going to invest your money for you. I'm going to tell you there's a 2.7% return. What are you going to tell me? Uh, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> I'm going I'm to be all right by myself there, brother. Democrats, 11%. Now, if I come to you with that, what are you going to say to me? You know what? How much money can I give you? Yeah. I mean, you're guaranteeing. 11% return is great. Guaranteeing me 11%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just did a loan. I just did a loan at 11%, actually. So yeah. I, I think it was, actually, I think I'm a little higher. I think I'm at 12. Um, got eight points and 12%. Right? Yeah. Granted, I mean, I took a second position. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I will do that almost every day. So GDP over that time, yeah, which is gross domestic product, which is yes, domestic, right? So just yeah. so everybody knows that's here, that's yep. that's local, 
2.6% for Republicans. That's correct. Democrats, 4.1. Yep. And income growth is 0.6% under Republicans and 22 for Democrats. Yep. So overwhelmingly, as a nation, we do better with Democrats in charge. Yes. And it's not really close. So I love to compare stuff. Yeah. So let's compare the last 14 presidents. I don't know if you're good with pictures. I, kind of. Can you tell me the top party for the first four on GDP? All of them are Democrats. Yeah, we have FDR is number one. Yes. Uh, Robert, or Robert. JFK. Uh, John Kennedy is number two. Lyndon Johnson is number three. Yep. And Clinton's four. Yep. Then we get a Republican, Reagan, which he did increase the GDP. Very much. Um, then we go Carter, another Democrat. Ford, who only was president for like three years. This is our run of Republicans now. Mm-hmm. Ford, Nixon, Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. We get one of our final Democrats at Obama at, coming in at number 10. Then we go back to George H.W. Bush. Um... Harry Truman, which is the last Democrat, and then W and yep. uh, Cheeto McCockNugget. Yep. Well, you know, and, and we don't know, you know, Clinton did eight, right? I mean, a lot of those, well, you know, Jeff K didn't do very long. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know. Some uh, had short sample sizes. Kennedy is Ford for sure. Right. So we don't know where it could have gone. Right. Um, you know, it was funny. I... I, it took uh, I took Donald Trump's side yesterday. And what? Uh, so I'm very disappointed with what Biden's doing. With everything. Everything is kind of fraud. Yeah, everything. Name one thing he's done good. I think the coronavirus um, plan has been excellent. Honestly. Okay. Uh, and that is your opinion, and I'll yep. leave it to you, right? So, uh, any, I mean. But anything else that you know of, like that, that he's just so, like, all I'm saying is here, right? So, we go to Trump, right? When Trump wanted something done, it wasn't done legally, it wasn't done, whatever. But, like, all right, so I guess I learn from what people do, and that's how I, I'll go do it, unless it's shady, which his is kind of shady. But, like, all he did was just go in executive order, fuck you, then you guys go fight it out, right? Here's my executive, this is in place, this is in place, this is in place. And then, and then we know that our system is so broken in the USA. Take it to the Supreme Court. Until then, um, I, I can't say that Biden's done anything different because he signed so many executive orders. And, but not. So one of the biggest things I really was hoping for, and I guess that's what hurts me. Dude, this dude went eight years with Obama. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. David and I are. David and I are again. Are very much about people, socially, yes. socially liberal. I I actually support Obamacare. Okay, right, like every because of how the astronomical prices, like I don't love car insurance, but I think that car insurance should be so cheap and everybody should have it, right? Like people choose not to because they can't afford it, right? right. And then they go kill somebody and you can't get any money for it. And the, the idea shouldn't be about money. That's what it goes back to, right? But like you had eight years with it. You thought it worked. You were behind it. 
and you're not that's not like one of the first things you're implementing right back into it so and i, th I think part of the problem is we are such a shit show oh yeah that it's hard to fix anything right yeah. now but if you and i are having the same conversation a year from now i'm probably totally on your side all right and and, and i'd like to readdress it i mean i absolutely and, and so that, but like i guess i just look at it like man like that was one of your biggest running i mean was i a bernie fan no but my wife was and told her i said i i prom like before he dropped i said i promise you i will vote for bernie because you tell me he's got it i will see what you have if he fails i promise you i'll go back and vote for who the fuck i want but i will give your guy a shot and and other people don't think the way i do and, and it's whatever but like if you're that my wife means a lot to me if you're that devoted to it that much strong about it i'm either going to call you stupid or you're going to be right and be able to tell me hey i'm glad it worked out Right? Sid, I was a Warren guy. I love Elizabeth Warren. Sure. I always have. Sure. I, I love her view on credit. I love her view on debt. And to me, those are huge things. Yeah. Do I think he's doing enough right now? No, he, he sure as hell isn't. But I think he's doing the best with the hand that he currently has. Sure. And it's a shitty hand. And it's a shitty hand because of COVID, right? I mean, I, yeah. I can't say Trump's going to be doing better, right? I mean, dude, I think his economics in theory would be better i really do because he wouldn't have shut things down and people would have worked and like unemployment's gone until september now and it's just it's gone and uh eviction moratorium just got shut down by the supreme court right and that's their choice yeah and as a landlord i have to you know but then to come out and say hey i i want every state and each municipality to come out with their own moratorium that's where I kind of get like, hey, dude, no, you went all the way to the top, right? <laughs> like, let's sit here and figure this out. So, next subject. Yeah. The Great Resignation. I love how it's called this. Oh, I mean, I'm resigning today. Um, well, technically, you kind of did last year. Yeah. I mean, you made him fire you. In the but... federal government's eyes, I was fired. Yes. You made him fire you. No, they Have you seen the sign-on bonuses they have right now? Yeah. Like Don't just... you want to kick him in the balls? Not at all. I'm just saying. I have no bad blood. You know, I am so excited for the next person to come in and get a good opportunity. They're not a, in the end, they're not a great company, right? But like, and and as long as you walk into a company knowing that it's a shit company, yep. But they pay you pretty good, and the bonuses, I mean, they're great. Yep. If you have these opportunities, I mean, they didn't care about me as an employee, right? I was a number. Yep. But if you can just, you know, if you can make the most amount of money doing the shitty, like whatever. Dude, I give you, go for it. Run with it. Like, you're going to give bonuses to get people into your shitty company? Like, do it. But I'm I'm not part of it. Like, I don't have, why? Because, think about it. Like, that, they gave me the opportunity to buy where I got to. Mm -hmm. And then it was that just like, uh, you just talked about it, right? It's that kick in the butt to go do it yourself. Yeah. And now I've done it myself. So, we're going to, at a later date, because I know Jim wants to join us on that one, we're going to talk about bonuses to be hired and why i think they're a shitty idea wow. great for a company bad for an employee 100%. so we'll, we'll get into that in a later episode because i know jim wants to join us and he has some some thoughts so when we look at the great resignation 55 percent of the people out there anticipate looking for a new job i think 99 percent of them should i think possibly that's still low no and, there's 1% that love their job. And we don't mean business owners. I'm saying people that are employees. I love my job. Sure. I'm looking. But you should look. 
You, yeah, everybody should look. No, I think there's one percent that shouldn't. I, I'm not sure I agree. Uh, you know what? There, uh, you know, I'm not a hypothetical kind of guy. Yeah. But there's the person that works in this job that gets paid stupid money to be around cats all day. Oh, I would take that job in a heartbeat. And they get the time off that they want. They come when they want. They do what they want. They get to pick up their kids. They get to bake cookies. They get to do anything they want. There's that 1% dream job that somebody – I, I believe that this job is out there. I they actually want to find it. Right. But if you ha- if you're the if you're so happy inside and outside of work, if you're just the happiest person, don't look for a job. Right. Right. Because you're not going to find anything like that. So I think that one percent is out there. Right. So I mean, when we look at this, there are a lot of reasons why people are looking for jobs right now. I you know, I, I saw a person's story that their husband was you know called back into the office on Monday, and on the Friday before it, he decided, nah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not coming back. So on Sunday, they went and emptied out his office, and yep. he never came back to work. He had already had a new job lined up because he wanted to work from home. I, I think what the pandemic has taught employees is you really need to understand what your worth is. 110%. You need to know what you want out of your job, and if they're not willing to give it, then you need to find a better job. Find somebody that will give you what you want. So I think that's one of the reasons that companies are having such a hard time finding people. Um, You know, we talk about this. People don't want to work. People don't want to work. I think a lot of that's bullshit. There are people out there that don't want to work. But I still really believe they're in the vast minority. I think people don't want to work the way they used to. Right. I mean, given an opportunity to do what you want and how you want to. And like, I don't know, I think it's, I think it's a great thing. Well, you know, Mike, Mikey's a great example. No. He, he makes 16, 17 bucks an hour. He works 70 hours a week. Mm-hmm. It's killing his back. He's sore all the time. He's exhausted. They don't care about him as a person. If he dropped dead right now, yeah, th- immediately. Yeah. Hey, Hey David, we need you over at store one, two, three. Yep. I mean, and they wouldn't think twice about it. I always look at it. I always look at it like this. Okay. If I go on vacation for three weeks, Mm -hmm. it happens to be three weeks in a row and I come back and my job is still the same. They don't need me. Mm -hmm. Makes it a little less stressful for the next person. But in theory, I am replaceable. If I can't do something somebody else cannot do, I am replaceable. Mm -hmm. It's just it. Well, you know, and when I wasn't there for most of June at work, one of the things my boss said was, man, I'm really impressed with how Christy handled things. Yeah, that's what I trained her to do. Yep. She still talked to me daily. So if she had questions, she knew where to go. Yep. But she knew what she was doing. She didn't have to sit there and worry about it because I trained her well. You know, Dawn and I got into a small argument on, on Saturday and I said, you know, let's reverse for a minute. The disease. I didn't get sick. You got sick. I'm going to rely on Jenna. I don't give a shit about anybody else here. I'm going to rely on Jenna. Yeah. Because she's who I trust implicitly. I've coached the kid. I've set her up to be a leader. 
I'm going to ask her to rise to the occasion because that's what I expect of her. And that's what I believe she can do. Yep. That's not taking away anything from any other employee. No, no that's the one. Yeah, that's the one I would have relied on mm -hmm. because she's the one that has my trust and has had my trust for years. Yep. We have that history. Dawn relied on a lot of people. Jenna was one of them. Yep. But I wouldn't have relied on a lot. I would have relied on the one. Yep. You know, and there's nothing wrong with it, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, again, it's her business and she's supposed to know her employees better than you know her employees, right? right? So, you know, when we're looking at this, a lot of people are looking for better opportunities, which again is a great thing. Um, you're going to unfortunately show up at a gas station and they're not going to be open or you're going to show up at McDonald's and they're not going to be open. Yep. I went to a gas station back in, I want to say the beginning of June before I got really, really sick and I was going to get gas. It was on Chicago drive, right near Fairlanes. Yeah. A marathon. Marathon, yes. And I pulled in because they had cheap enough gas and there was nobody there. Yep. And I walked to the door and I read the sign that said, we don't have any employees today. We're closed. <coughs> okay, I guess I'm not getting gas here. I did that in Jonathan, actually, Saturday. Yes. Yeah. I walked in because we were going to go get a couple drinks and uh, walked to the door. And there's, we have two, four, six, eight, eight pumps there. Seven of them were full. And there's a sign on the door. Due to labor shortage, we're shut down. And I was like, shit, all right, everybody go to mobile. Yep. And sometimes you have to do those things because, you know, you look at you look at McDonald's. I mean, insides aren't open, stuff like that. I mean, they're just you know they only have enough employees for for a drive-through, right? Well, everybody complains that well we don't people don't want to go to work, which you know there is some of that. But I yeah. think the other issue is six hundred thousand people died. Yeah. You know, six hundred and sixty thousand people died. Uh, who replaces them in the workforce? Yeah. It's not like you had workers ready to take all those jobs. Well, people are going to tell you that it's all the eight-year-olds. Yeah, which we already know it's not. You know, I, I've heard conservative radio show host is, is popular right now because they seem to be dropping off like flies. Maybe you and I can get that position. Yeah. We just say stupid shit like take some horse dewormer. Yeah. Um, but I digress. So, again, you know, people are looking for new opportunities. We love that. Keep looking for those opportunities because, again, that's how you build the generational wealth. Yep. So, next on the list goes right kind of with this. So I love NPR. NPR had a great article. Um, of course, I read this also. 33% uh, of existing administrative assistants, secretaries, have a college degree. But 75% of the job ads for administrative assistants require a college degree. Caption is, stop requiring someone to go $100,000 into debt for a job that does not require a semester of English Lit, which is absolutely true. Yeah. Um, and, of course, my job is a great example. Mm -hmm. They posted a job description of my job after I got my job and it had a bachelor's required. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had about 68 credit hours. So I didn't have a bachelor's. Sure. I was a little over halfway there. I've been in that position since 2004, so quick math is uh, 16 years. Yeah, is that about right? 17 years. 17. Um, still don't have that bachelor's degree. Yeah, but still doing the job. I'm a subject matter expert, and everybody comes to my ass. Yep. So you know, when we look at these things, 
again, it ties right into the, the college talk. If you have a basic starting position, and I've looked at a lot of jobs, you know, for Caitlin right now, entry level graphic jobs yeah. that want five years of experience, and they're going to pay, you know, $13, $14 an hour. hour yeah. And they require a bachelor's. Mm -hmm. And I, I look at this and I'm like, well, they can get fucked. Because yeah. I'm not telling her to go for that job. That, I mean, that's bullshit. Yeah. You want somebody with a college degree, you better be talking 20 bucks an hour at this point because they're going to find that somewhere. Yeah. Might not be in their field. They're not going to give a shit. No. Um, so, Christy, I don't know if I've ever told you this. Christy has her bachelor's. She got it at uh, Central Michigan. You know what it's in? It's liberal like, arts. It's like creative writing. Nice. Yeah. She started off in legal. And now she, you know, puts member packets together with me. Yep. She doesn't use any of her degree. Nope. But she had to have one to get in the door. Yep. That's a, you know. So she did that. And, you know, again, do you need a degree to be an administrative assistant? No. You're answering phones. You're typing. You know, you're doing a bunch of data entry, answering emails probably, you know. Yep. Sending out memos for the boss. Setting you're up, not setting up appointments. I mean, doing yeah, it. you're not, you know, balancing the budget. Right. Which I still argue you probably don't need a degree for that either. I mean, you need some type of training. Right? You need because, training. Yes. But you don't necessarily need a degree because you and I could balance budgets. Yeah. All day. Now, I'll have my degree, you know, come April. Yep. But you won't. No. And I would absolutely trust you to balance budgets right now. Yeah. So Dawn went to a finance guy today. And she tells me this yesterday or the day before. I don't remember. And I got a little offended. I'm like, why are you going to a finance guy? She goes, well, because he's going to help me with forecasting. And that's something you're, you just don't have a good handle on. So when I think about forecasting, you know what I'm thinking of? What are we going to make weekly in September? Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm just going to throw weird numbers out there right now because they don't matter. Let's say the first September we made 500 a week. Yep. And let's say during year two, I was seeing about 120% growth. Huge. Okay, so. 1200 bucks? Yeah, now we're going to make 1200. Yeah, we'll go with 1200. Oh. Now let's say I'm seeing 200% growth. On top of that? On top of what I was last year. Shit. So maybe now we're about. 2200. Sure. Okay. I can't sit there and look at what we've done and get a good handle on what I feel we're going to make in the next four, eight weeks, whatever it may be. Sure. Because the first year we opened. Sure. And your numbers the first year are always skewed because you opened. Correct. Year two, we were shut down for 10 weeks because of COVID and it was a COVID year. So to me, everything was with a grain of salt. So I put out forecasted expectations and we double them every month. Sure. So I, I really am not forecasting well. Okay. So we get done or she gets done with the thing, calls me. I said, all right, what'd you find out? She goes, well, he looked at everything and I'm not overspending. Okay. And how about forecasting? Oh, well, it really wasn't for that. I'm like, oh, 
okay, I don't understand then, because that's where we're really lacking in how much are we going to make in October? How much are we going to make in November? How much are we going to make next February? Yeah. She goes, yeah, it, it really wasn't focused on any of that. I'm like, okay, well, then I don't understand why you needed to hear from somebody else that, yeah, we're doing a good job. Yeah. But good, good job. So, she you. felt great after talking to him because she's not wastefully spending money. Cool. Okay. And she just did. <laughs> How much is that going to cost? I have no idea. Yeah, like, We're not going to discuss that because, honestly, with her, it, it could have been a free thing. Sure. But, huh? I just, I, I was I was shocked. So, let's talk about taxes. My favorite thing. So, you know, after World War II, the uh, highest tax rate was 91%. That wasn't 91% on every dollar you made. That was after a certain threshold. Sure. So let's say, because I know before Reagan got in, $10 million was a good number. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like a, we'll say 40%, because I like round numbers. Sure. On everything up to probably a million, let's say. And then it was maybe 70% on a million and one to 9.99. And then over, you know, 10 million, mm -hmm. 91%. 91%. So that's how we had a middle class, in all honesty. Because that wealth really did get distributed amongst people. Sure. Reagan did away with that. Now the tax rate for the highest bracket is like 36%. And essentially, they pay less of a percentage of their taxes than poor people working for, not poverty stricken. Well, I mean, it depends. Does it though? They, they pay less physical dollars. Yes. I mean, they pay great because of how it looks out, but I mean, they're still they're still paying the percentage. If we were still taxing at that rate, mm -hmm. there would have been enough money during the pandemic to cancel all student debt and still leave the average billionaire $230 million richer than before the pandemic. Okay. I don't think anybody should be taxed over 50%. I would take 50%. 49 I mean, nobody should work and have to give more than they make. So let's talk about health care. Sure. How much should it cost? I don't have an answer. I wish I did. I do. I, I, I wish I did. I do. We should have universal health care. And here's my I, reasoning. I have. Uh... Here's my reasoning. So... Everybody that is against it goes, well, in Canada, they have to wait months to see a doctor. Right. I've had to wait months to see doctors. It's very true. I'm paying out the ass. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, Dawn and I were having this conversation the other day. She goes, I want to get to the point where we can offer benefits like medical. I said, we're never going to offer medical. We can't offer medical. That's too much. I know what a small business policy costs. You know, you're talking for a, you know, a single employee that doesn't have kids and, yeah. and a spouse, twelve to fifteen hundred bucks a month. Yeah. 
to cover them. And, and I mean, they're going to have a shitty plan. It's going to be 80% and they're going to have a $50 copay and a $500 ER copay. I mean, it, it's going to be a shitty plan. So we're just not going to be able to do that because we can't, you know, we have eight employees here. I can't justify eight grand or 10 grand a month. every month to pay for medical insurance. Right. Then, a company that, then you wouldn't be able to pay your employees. Correct. I couldn't pay my employees. I couldn't pay us. I couldn't pay for the stuff here. Right. It just, it, it can't happen. Now, if all my employees had universal health care and I never had to worry about that, I never have to have this conversation with my wife either. Mm -hmm. Is there a day, let's say 10 years down the line, could we afford that? Yeah, I bet we could 10 years down the line. But I'd rather give my employees $30 an hour 10 years down the line than worry about paying 20 grand a month for healthcare. Yeah. Tax me higher. I don't give a shit. Doesn't bother me in the least. And honestly, if I made over 10 million a year and you want to tax, you know, that, let's say I make 11, you want to tax that 11 million, that one extra million dollars, 91%, I'm okay with that because hopefully it's going to something good. That's the other problem. Is it hopefully, going to something good? Right? And, and and again, we, we have too many crooks out there that aren't letting it go to good things. I mean, we, we seen it with, we seen it with the pandemic money, right? Yep. Oh, Hey, nope. We're only going to pass it if, if this other thing over here gets, I mean, people were talking about how much stupid shit was getting thrown into these things. Oh, we need to fund this. We need to fund this. And it's like, man, we're not focused on one thing. We can't do one thing at a time. We never do anything. Yeah. Jesus, man. It, it's, it's ridiculous. What the political system here has come to is bullshit. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when you sit there and talk about voting, and it's like, man, this should literally all day. And granted, I don't, I'm not in government. I don't see it. But, it, you know, everybody had the field trip where you went to the state capitol. And it's yep. like, man, you sit there and you vote, right? Like everybody just, hey, this is what we're going to be doing. Today you have one day of research. Today, you know, next day we're going to vote on this shit. Let's go, folks, right? Like, all right, you know, bill number one, yes, no's, yes, no's, yes, no's, yes, no's. Like, let's go. And you just spend all fucking day putting in your ballot because, you know, you can take your little time, debate yeah. about it, talk about it, but, like, nope, everything should be individually. Well, you know, and when we look at a lot of that stuff, I think one of the things that irritates me the most is once they get in, they're not – necessarily working for their constituents and what the people want because the people have stated over and over again what they want and they're not getting those things mm -hmm. you know overwhelmingly i'd say 65 percent right now want universal health care there's a lot of people but we're not going to get that because the other 35 percent are pissing and moaning and you got the lobbyists in congress giving them money that should not be a full-time job being in congress should not be a full-time yeah. job and when you get out of Congress, you shouldn't get any more money. That's it. Over. I think it was one of the biggest things that I was disappointed with Trump, right? It was the one thing he wanted to fight, and he didn't do it. But did he? Did he want to fight it, or did he just say it? I mean, right? But I guess, I don't know. That's the difference between me and him as a man, right? Like, I, I usually try to say what I mean. I mean, usually. And, right? and you do what you say. Yes. Right? And I don't know. When you have your people on your side, no, you don't want to get rid of them, right? Because, you know, they can go the, excuse me, the other way, right? Yep. But Well, you know, and, and when you look at me and you, and this is a complaint of our wives all the time, mm -hmm. we're straight to the point and kind of cold about things. Yes. But 
you don't have to put any kind of emotion behind a financial or work type decision. Right. There's no emotion in those things. Okay. I had the conversation about staffing here. So Don and I were talking and I'm like, I don't understand why you have everybody coming in at two o'clock. Yep. Well, because appointments started too. Great. So, so let's say you have two appointments at two and you have four of you here. Two of them are doing what? Standing there with a thumb up their ass. There's not a ton to do at the beginning of a shift because, you know, she has packages built already. Right. There's nothing to really clean. You know, so you got two employees, let's say they make 15 bucks an hour, which, you know, we're not quite there yet, but let's just say, sure, like round numbers. And they come in at start time, the four days were open. So that's 30 bucks Mm -hmm. for four days, Mm -hmm. 120 hours every week. That's a lot of money a year. Mm Mm-hmm. And I see that bigger picture. She doesn't necessarily see it. And, and I mean, that's fine. It's not really hurting us for somebody to come in, but it's hurting us for somebody to come in if there's nothing going on. This $6,000 that you can put towards something. Right. Now, does she have maybe a need for two people at that time? Absolutely. Sure. We got into a huge fight because we've always talked about putting three rooms on the schedule. Nick, we have five rooms. So the fight we had on Saturday started with, well, we're never going to have three rooms on the schedule at the same time. I said, why? Because we're never going to. Okay. Nick, if I tell you we're never going to do something, you're going to be able to change my mind? No. No. Because if I say never, that means never. It's just not happening. So I just stopped the conversation there, and it started a huge fight because I don't want to talk about it anymore. No, you said never, so there's no reason to talk about it. Well, I can't see it happening. No, that's a different conversation. I can't see it happening is I don't see how it can happen. It's never going to happen means it's never going to happen. No reason to talk about it. Yeah. And I said, you know, we could do, let's say, three appointments at the top of the hour and two at the bottom of the hour. That way we still can keep that rotation of rooms going and we never have to clean one really quick to get somebody in. And she goes, at the time, she's like, well, I just don't see it. Meets with the financial guy today. He says, you really need to put a third room on the schedule. And of course, she throws up the same barrier she gave to me. He goes, well, do a, two appointments at the top of the hour and three appointments at the bottom because then you have that flexibility to clean after. Yeah. And she goes, you know, that might, that might work. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I didn't say it. We didn't have the conversation. And knowing her, she'll never listen to this show. Yeah. But the whole time I'm thinking, I gave you the same fucking scenario, and all you told me was, we're never going to do it. It's not going to happen. And, and I'm, I I told her probably 10 times when we were fighting about it, I'm like, you need to figure out what this is. Either we're in this together, or it's your thing. I don't really care what fucking way you go with it. You're going to have to figure out one of them. Because sometimes we're in this together, and sometimes it's your thing. And I don't fucking work that way. Right. I don't want partial failure. Right. I don't, I don't want partial... Uh, success, right? And I mean, I think she does a good job at a lot of things, but pick a direction here. Yeah. And don't tell me never. So, hitting our next one, Delta Airlines. This goes into our yeah our 
medical benefit portion of the, the episode yeah. is going to charge $200 every month to any unvaccinated staff. And of course, anti-vaxxers are losing their shit because that's not legal. Uh, the fuck it ain't. They charge smokers more yep. because smokers are a burden. You have a higher chance to get sick. Absolutely. You know the ones I love lately that are coming up with it? Well, vaccinated, you know, unvaccinated people, you're going to charge them more because it's going to cost more money. What about obese people? Okay, Nick, you and I, we're fat guys. Um, I didn't catch fatness from you. And I don't think you caught it from me. But if I had COVID right now, you could catch that from me, true? It's true. So, but, but Gentex did charge you to be overweight. Did that? Yes. See, and I guess I can understand it because again, it's an extra burden to the company. That's correct. I was unhealthy. I could do things to earn money. Yep. To, I mean, my wife works in the hospital and yep. she gets charged for being overweight. Yep. Right. Hey, you sign up for my fitness pal, yep. sign, you know, start tracking your, your steps here. We'll give you 10 bucks, right? Like. It's just the same as I don't go to the doctor. Yep. You don't go to the doctor. Not unless I'm, you know, right. trying to die. But I save 20% on my wife if I go get a physical. Yep. Every year. So you go to the doctor. Uh, it's her fucking money. When I when it was my money uh -huh. on Gentex, I didn't get a physical for fucking seven years. Yeah. You ain't drawing my fucking blood. No. Dude, you save 20 bucks a fucking week. Yeah, I'm good. But that was my choice to not fucking save that money, right? right? Like, but and being overweight, right? Yes, I got charged. I could do something about it. They gave me opportunity. They even yeah. encouraged me. Like, here, we'll help you save money by losing weight. Mm -hmm. I took the choice not to, right? Like, you could take the choice. You know what you have? 200 extra bucks. Go get your fucking vaccine, save the money, or don't, and live with the fucking money. I don't, like... What's the same people that are bitching and moaning that my job's going to have a vaccine mandate? Yeah. They probably are because yeah. they don't want to fucking replace employees. Correct. So if you're going to, you know, refuse to take a vaccine that can keep you from getting sick or dying, yeah. they're going to try to force you to do that. And if you want to fucking quit over it, well, they'd rather you quit now than have to replace you in six months. You're not, you're not in that age anymore with having young kids, but nope. there's this new trend. There's this new trend of, not vaccinating babies. Yeah, I don't get that. Okay. Granted, you know, polio, mm -hmm. which your grandparents, maybe, yeah. your, maybe your mom kind of dealt with it a little bit, but your grand, like grandparents. You know, my grandparents, they watched it. You know, guess what? We had no fucking cases of polio after the vaccine, right? right. I'm not saying we're not going to have fucking this. I'm, I'm not comparing the virus the same, right? But I think eventually we can get to that type of a point, right? Um, I'm sitting here, and there's doctors out there who will not see patients that are unvaccinated. Yeah. And people lose their shit. Mm -hmm. Let me get this right. Now, again, I'm no expert. Yep. Not, don't claim to be. Didn't stay at a fucking Motel 6 or Holiday Inn, whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, to, to become a doctor for that night. But they go to school. They study science of the human body. They study these things. And then you look at a person who literally is great at what they do and you tell them you're fucking stupid and you don't know what you're talking about. 
why would I waste my time with you? Yes. Like, Jesus, I get it. Like, nobody, you get to some doctors that will, and they're like, yeah, I understand that you're right. And no, really, they're just keeping you around because they want to have something new to study. <laughs> yeah. I mean. They're benefiting well, off of your money because you continue to get sick. Right. Um, you know, so I, I, I have these fights all the time with people. And a lot of people don't know it, but one of my really good friends is the head of infectious diseases in a different state. I love Dr. J, right? Like, if I'm looking for advice on this, I love my wife, right? She's an occupational therapist. Yeah. She's not a fucking not doctor. kind of the same. Right? So she'll tell me stuff, and I'm like, okay, cool. But if I really have, I'll be like, hey, Dr. J, what you got going? Hey, this. Like, and I'll talk to him like a normal, and he'll talk to me like a doctor. And he'll dumb it down because he knows I'm stupid on his level, right? But if we talk about real estate... Oh, I talk to him like he's trying to get in, right? Like, I will dumb it down. I will not sit here and say, hey, you know, hard money. Uh, you know, like, all, all the terms that are out there, right? I'm not going to call it an SFR, right? I'm going to call it, hey, a normal single family house. Like, not a duplex, not a dry. It's, it's, it's one unit. It's called an SFR, a single family, you know, residence. Oh, okay, right? Like, I will explain all these terms. Like, so I got to be a dick and ass. Yeah. I did not know that Dr. J was not only good at basketball, yeah. but also with infectious disease. I'm, I'm happy to know that. Yeah. It's in my phone. It, so we always joke that he's not a real doctor. Cause, doctor, because I don't believe that he's a doctor. I've never seen him practice. Right. Because, you know, if you don't see him do it as an actual thing. Correct. One day he sends me a, he did an interview for the TV or something like that. And he goes, does this, does this prove it? And I was like, dude, anybody can get a fucking lab jacket and act as somebody. I was like, that doesn't prove shit. But, uh, right, just really smart guy. Um, you know, another one of my very good friends, doctor, right, in the medical field. And I'm sitting here, you know, and, and they're like, huh, how do we just get you just to understand that what you're doing is telling us that we're stupid, yet we're saving your life? Okay, cool. Say, if you don't care about your life enough, and you want me to care about it more? That doesn't make sense. Nope, totally agree. So, we only got a couple of subjects left to hit here, Nick. This one you're going to like. Don't really need to hit on it too much, but uh, high school students are being taught basics of the stock market and given $100 in grant funds to invest at the end of a course that they're taking. This is, let's see where this is at. Uh, So this is in, it's called First Generation Investors. Yep. Uh, three college students launched a nonprofit which uses real money to introduce high school kids from economically disadvantaged backgrounds to investing in the stock market in 2018. Sure. Uh, this was kids that went to the University of Pennsylvania, it looks like. And, uh, yep. And, and looking at this, how is this not bigger? It's huge. This should be like every college should be doing this. Every high school should be doing this. I mean, if you looked at the higher percentage, I mean, what what person wouldn't want to give that opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I say I wish it started younger. Right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's funny. I have a very good friend of mine. Uh, give him a shout out. His kids, uh, his kids wanted stuff. Mm -hmm. So 
he made them sit down to design and develop a lemonade stand. They went out and they bought the PVC piping. They bought the stuff. They created their own lemonade stand. They have to figure out how much it costs. They're doing everything. And they're buying Pokemon cards with it, right? They're doing everything to make themselves have this type of a value. Yep. And, right, like he's teaching them at seven, eight years old. I mean, it's just huge. So, right, the stuff that they're not teaching you in school, he's teaching. And so. you have to, honestly, you have to work at that stuff. Oh, yeah. So I, I thought that was an awesome thing, you know, high That's school huge. students getting that. Um, so another from Dan Price. Was watching Shark Tank, and one of the sharks said they hate when employees put pictures of their kids at their desks because it makes the office look cluttered and ugly. I think this sums up a lot of things. How, how would you take that if you were working for somebody that said that? I take it very well. Okay, elaborate. Uh, I wouldn't say it looks cluttered and ugly. What I would say is having pictures of your family at your desk doesn't make you focus on your time here at work to the company that's paying you the money. It makes you be outside of here, right? And so to me, and it causes another way for people to talk and communicate and you're not getting the best work out of people. So it could have been worded differently. Um, extremely, but it depends on what your company's developed around, right? See, and my thought is having that around reminds you of why you're busting why you're, your ass. I think a lot of people forget that why aspect, though. I mean, I don't think people look at it for that. I think it's just a common... And I, I totally think that has to be looked at. Well, because, again, why do you bust your ass? Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, you know, and I, when I say that, though, I my daughter... She has sticky, uh, sticky notes in my office, and she'll come in and she'll draw them. Every fucking sticky note oh, yeah. is on is on my wall, right? And so I'll be sitting there, and I'm just like, this is this is stupid. And I'm like, I'll just take a minute and I'll look. Yeah. Right? And yes, okay, but like, that's not productive time. But again, I own my own fucking company, so but fuck it is. you. <laughs> right? But I'm sitting here going, yeah, someday. Somebody's going to thank me for this. All right, back to it, right? And yeah, but you say it's not productive, but it's more productive Emotional. than stopping at the coffee machine and, and having Barbara talk to you for 10 minutes about her fucking weekend. Yeah, but Barbara, we're not friends. I don't give a fuck about your weekend. Yes, you do. I do not. You do? <laughs> now, if you want to talk to me about your weekend, <laughs> we'll go out and get a drink after work, and Nick and I will talk about our weekends. Nope. But I don't want to fucking talk to Barbara or... Bobby or nope. Nico or any of these fucking leave me alone. We are not friends. But when you you know when you post, oh I didn't know you had kids, and then this conversation comes up. Oh, tell me about your kids. Do this. I see that yep. aspect of things. But I do too. I also I also think that it creates a better environment, and I think it's a very good useful tool, right? Because I don't know what percentage of people has kids. I'm not going to make up numbers. Um, but when you see that you have something else in common with somebody, you're going to attempt to get along a little bit better, right? I mean, when I worked at Gentex and we had kids and uh, we celebrated every time somebody had a kid, we we loved it. Like, we, you know, our kids would get together and play, even though they're different ages. Yep. And it's just, right, like, hey, this is what it is. Because we we became more of family than just coworkers, right? We went out to drink. We went out to do things. So I think it's a positive. But to sit here and say, hey, it's cluttered and ugly. Uh, you 
You need to fix that fucking attitude. You need to fix it. Go ahead and walk out my door, turn around. When you have a better attitude, walk right back in. We'll talk about this conversation. So Dan also threw out some other red flags when it comes to job ads. Yes. I kind of like these. So uh, we're a family here. Yeah. Um, No, the fuck you're not. I've had a lot of jobs. The only one I've ever felt like a family was when I was in charge of coaching kids. Yeah. We were family. I, I can't say, you know, we try to have a family atmosphere at break room therapy, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, I, I care about these people, but they're technically not my family, right? you know, and I, that's just the way it works. They'll preach at our job all the time about, you know, teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. I, I don't really have a team. Yeah. I have one other person. We work great together. We, we do our job well. Mm-hmm. And we support each other. And you want me to be a team with like eight people I don't know and don't want to. Well, see, I think that. So to me, it's it's so different, right? Because again, I, I just talked about like we were more like a family. Because yeah. Gentex, and and I'll take credit for it, right? Like when I'm around people, mm-hmm. I create an environment. You right? do. I will agree. Like I. I will bend over backwards for people that will bend over backwards for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's given, it's gotta be give and take. I can't just, even if, you know what? I had a guy, this is a true story, right? Uh, I had a, I was holding a gay pride event. Yep. Uh, he ended up threatening. Uh, so actually what first happened, so he ended up scared. I'm afraid of mice and he tried to do whatever uh, and like spook me with a dead mouse and stuff like that, whatever. Flip, flipped out, lost my crap, come back and, you know, like two days later, he's like, hey, I was looking at debt or whatever. And I was like, hey, man, I'll help you take a look. Hey, this is what I would do. I'd call this company and say, hey, what percentage will you take off if I pay cash now? And I walked him through this whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, I go to have a gay pride event, and the kid threatens to shoot up the place. He got fired, right? Uh, told me how much of a piece of shit I was. And I said, dude, you, you really can't see, like, what you did. What I was joking. You know that. Three people got up and left. I was like, we knew that you were joking. And you don't joke about that. Like, that's, yeah. not, that's not fucking joke stuff, right? Um, and so it's just, I, 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 I create an environment that makes people want to be there. Mm-hmm. I create you wanting to show up, right? Um, you know, my, my, my contractors, right? They want to work for me, right? Because I take care of them. Um, you know, the, the other part that you had brought up was, uh, um, you, you know, you said, hey, I don't work with other people. Gentex, we had seven plants, right? Mm-hmm. I get stuff screwed up, right? And because I knew I didn't want to go to the boss because I knew that they were, I would call you directly. Hey, man, it's Nick from over here. How's it going today? Great, man. Hey, you know what? I got this issue. Um, I want to come to you first, right? See if you could help me out. Maybe you could figure out where this is coming from, right? I would have, I would break it down because mm-hmm. to me, if we all work together to figure out what, they don't know what the issue is unless I bring it to them. And I'm not going to go straight to the top and because to talk to them, just be like, no, you have to this. And then we're going to be the pieces of crap. Like you have to create this mm-hmm. and I will start at equal. And then I will go up and escalate from there, right? Hey, I asked, I did this. This is the conversation we had. I need your help with this. Oh, hey, guess what? I've now called this and I've called this boss. 
what I need is I need this, right? I need this to happen. This this needs to start happening. You know what? If I get in at 3 a.m. and I'm fucking short parts, this shouldn't be a thing. Like, I had this conversation with a guy. I'm like, hey, we're, we're, I'm running this shortage list. I'm running over every day to grab boxes from you to make sure my truck that shows up at 430 is ready. Have you, do you even look at the shortage list? Like, what's going on? There's a shortage list? Are you shit? Nobody... I was told by somebody else that, no, you know, tell you what, here, let's, you're right. I, that's my fault that you, I thought you had the knowledge and you don't like mm-hmm. you're misinformed here. Let's start here. Oh man, Nick, thanks for getting this because like, I get tired of having these phone calls. Awesome. Right? Like there's this lack of communication. Nick, if you need something, just let me know. Heck yeah. I need some, right? Like tell you what, you buy my guys donuts, you got, you buy my guys pizza, whatever. We'll come over to your team and we'll eat lunch together just so that way they knew who, who this whole Oh man, this has been great for us, right? Like, well, see, and I'm I'm good at building those relationships yeah. that that I need. The, the need, yes. Um, I'm not necessarily building it with people I don't have any interaction with because I don't care. So, like, our our department is lumped in with premium mm-hmm. billing. Yep, premium management, they call it. I got hired into the billing department when I got hired there. Yeah, I don't know anybody in billing anymore. I, I just don't. No. They seem like really nice people. Yep. I don't need any Don't friends. need to know them. Right. Yeah. Well, they don't do anything I do. Our jobs have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. And your ears a little different. I mean, mine is mine yep. is creating a product and getting the product out to one specific source, right? So that was that was completely different. Or yeah, everybody in, or, knows or, or in real estate, right? Like, hey, our end result I don't care if you're the painter or the drywall or whatever, like the end result is this, and we're all still working on one type of a thing. Yours is a different story, but you know, and what I will tell you is no matter how hard I could try as a person, I would get yelled at for going to a different building and trying to build that relationship. And they would, you know, no, you're not, you're not trying to create a team because if you were, you would understand yep. this guy thanked me, this, you people failed. I don't care where, well, you didn't go to the right person. No, I did. Trust me. I went through, well, you could have went to your boss. Okay, tell you what, let's say I did this, this, and it still doesn't work out. What do you want me to do? Well, then we'll figure it out. See, and, well, why should this take 20 fucking months to figure out? That That's one of the things we'll get a lot, especially when I get a new boss. Yep. Um, they're like, well, I feel like I'm neglecting you. You're not. <laughs> I will tell you when I need you. Yes. If I don't tell you that I need you, I'm perfectly fine. I got no problem going to anybody in that company and asking for whatever I need. Yep. I have people in sales that I will bend over backwards for. I have people in legal. I have people in IT, group administration. I will do anything for those people. Yep. And I know, you know, if they need something, I'll get it for them as quickly as possible. If they want to fight, that's fine. We can fight. Yeah. But at that point, I'll come to a boss and say, hey, we're having this fight, so here it is. Yeah. So... Some of these other things, red flags. You have to be a rock star, ninja, unicorn, wear many hats. Yep. Um, honestly. AKA, we don't want to hire multiple people. Right. Yep. Honestly, that's that's a 60-hour-a-week position. Mm-hmm. You're going to get paid for 40. Yep. And you're going to be burnt out in six months. Quickly. Um, sign-on bonus instead of good pay. We'll get to that one in another episode. Um, if they don't mention pay or benefits. I hate that. Did I tell you about an interview I had? Please do. All right. So I'm, I'm, I get contacted by a third-party company, and the guy goes, you know, hey, do you want you want to talk about a couple things? Awesome. Hey, let's do, 
what are some questions that you would ask? Hey, uh, you know, what am I looking at for a starting salary? How many hours are, am I expected to work? Um, what does my benefits look like? What is your 401k match? Do you guys have company appreciation? What, what does it look like for me as an employee to walk into this and where am I going to grow and develop? And I, you know, I, I just, I went off on yep. a very good tangent of questions and the guy, and the guy in the end of this on the phone tells me, yeah, I would think about asking a little bit more just about the company and like the position itself and not really ask about those things. And I told him, I said, no, with all due respect, I want to work for a company that's going to respect me and take care of me the way I want to be taken care of. Yeah. And when you're just saying this, I'll still give them the time to respond to my questions, but I'm letting you know that by you saying that you're not doing this company any benefits by getting what I find myself to be a fantastic employee, right? Because I'm going to give my big percentage. I know my value. It yes. takes a long time to figure it out. Trust me, companies don't know my value. I wish I could sit here and tell you till I'm blue in the face what I'm actually worth. And people are sitting here watching or, oh, this guy's full of crap. Like, no, like, really? When I tell you I can build and grow and develop team, I'm not good. I'm not good at putting wires in a fucking hole, but I can make somebody else very happy to put wires in a fucking hole and they're going to love it. Trust me. I, I had the conversation with Chris the other day. Um, and, and I always, when we had meetings at school, yep. I always started every meeting off with, this is the best coaching staff in this school. Yep. Because I honestly believed it. And I told Chris the other day, I said, I, I don't know many of the coaches at Coopersville, but I'll tell you right now, this is the best coaching staff in the school. And he believes it too. Good. Because we are. Nobody does what I do. They just don't. Yep. They're just not as good as me. I'm the best. And that's because if, you, if you're giving your full, your best, I mean, sure, there's people that can give their full, you know, there, there's people that can do what we do, but it's not their full and their best of giving it, right? Like, they're, they're not giving, let's say there is a better coach out there, mm -hmm. which there, I mean, there is, right? There is, absolutely. But if they didn't, if they only did what you did, even though they could do better, well, that's not, that's not the being the best coach, right? right? <laughs> like, I'm just saying, there's, anybody can do these things, it's just a matter of, actually fucking do well and there were people that you know other schools hopkins is a good example that would look down on me yeah. and i got a buddy that you know has kids in hopkins and you tell him all the time you don't know how much work he puts in you don't know what he does and you don't know what those kids would look like without him yeah and you know i haven't been there for three years they know now yeah. and it's really bad no, can we get kids to show up no i mean and when they show up they're throwing temper tantrums or cursing at umpires or oh, doing yeah. shit you shouldn't do i cursing the umpire throwing you out that kid didn't even have to sit a game even though the umpire tossed them from the game because the ad said no that's fine yep which is not true I mean, but don't get me wrong i curse all the time but not on to, the field to disrespectfully curse yeah. um and and the other thing dan threw out here which i love is uh i don't think we fully reckoned with how the pandemic crystallized for people, how much they hate their job. It's not just that people are lazy or don't want to get COVID at work. They don't want to slowly kill themselves by wasting their life at a soul sucking job. I mean, I agree. Yeah, there's a lot how of many, truth how, to that. Well, one of my favorite kind of memes or whatever it was mm -hmm. popped up, somebody shared it and uh, or may, it might've been like a shared Twitter. Somebody said to all you boomers that told us if you want to make good money, stop being a waitress and living off of tips and quit bitching about your money and yep. go, go work. Guess what? 
we're not fucking working right now. We're finding those jobs that you told us to go find. So good luck waiting 20 hours to get your fucking mail. Like, yeah, was, basically, you know, and that's it. Yeah, it was like, man. Yep, because I mean, you you know, you know those people, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, like, you know, go find something better. Guess what? They have the opportunity now to find something better. So, so the last thing I really want to hit on is let's talk about some big box stores. I do love me some big box stores. So, this was a thread started the other day by Stacy Mitchell. Um, big box stores are worse deals for cities and towns, worse than anyone, even their opponents, once thought. So, she. Goes through reasons. You want to hit some of these? Yeah. Um, in the 90s and 2000s, grassroots groups in hundreds of communities fought Walmart and other big box stores. Some won, some lost. They lost mainly because city officials wanted the tax revenue these stores promised to generate. Okay. I, I get that. Because communities need more money. The tax bonanza was always a mirage. But you had to actually do the full math to see it. Most city officials refused. They wouldn't look past the top line of what Walmart, a Walmart store would generate in property tax revenue. But the bottom line was another story. There are two big costs. Big box stores are expensive in terms of public services they require, mainly police and road costs. And second, big box stores cause the value of downtown and other commercial buildings to drop because they're not downtown. And a lot of their prices are better than you're going to get it, you know, John's drugs. Sure. So a few years after a Walmart or a Lowe's opened, the end result of the city's finances might be break even or even worse when you accounted for the losses and costs. Now a decade or two later, the picture for these communities is getting even worse. Big box chains are systematically contesting their property valuation, slashing their payments in hundreds of communities. Now, I didn't know that was going on. Did you? Oh, fuck yeah. See, <laughs> it doesn't shock me that you know, <laughs> because you're the type of person that deals with real estate. Yes. Now, with me, I had no idea they were revaluating the property and paying way less. So... You look at Gentex Corporation. Yep. Okay. So Gentex was offered 20, 25, 50 years of literally tax free land. Yep. Okay. But they're creating 6,000. I mean, they got 6,000 jobs. So they figured, hey, it's all going to stay there. Yeah. Granted. Okay. That's 6,000 jobs. 90% of that income is going to stay in the community. People are going to yep. buy houses and, you know, it'll stay here, but you still have 10% going out to buy vacations and doing yeah. other things right um now when that tax stuff is over right oh hey no oh your tax your tax valuation has gone up no no i purchased this land at zero dollars so your valuation you had me yes my, my company's worth 10 million but to, if you sold it to anybody else it's really only worth ten thousand, right without you it's yeah you're right okay all right, cool. So we'll just cut your taxes in half and here just pay half of what you should be. It's actually, it's one fight. It's one discussion I had. It wasn't a fight. It was, I actually was on that side because my brother-in-law is very, very liberal, like my wife type thing. And I said, look, these are the things that I hate about big corporations. Mm -hmm. They don't pay taxes on what, like Amazon yep. doesn't pay property taxes for the most part, right? They're, the business isn't paying, they're getting discount on all their mail right mm -hmm. like i mean everything is just happening why because I mean, we're we're bending over backwards for us people yeah. oh we're giving you people what you want 
you're also making one man very, very wealthy. So True. you've helped out, I don't care how many employees they have, 25,000 or, you know, 250,000, but you've, you, you've not done anything credible for the, the area that it's in. Right. So Ellsworth, Maine, Walmart overcame citizen opposition in 2009 by promising over 450,000 in tax revenue in today's dollars. Mm-hmm. That's already fallen to 350,000 as the cheap building has deteriorated. Now Walmart's claiming it's worth even less, aiming to pay just 180,000. See, so they've cut that in more than half. Yep. No. How do you do it? I mean, you know, I say that's. That's exactly it. Walmart's also appealing the valuation of seven other stores in Maine looking to dramatically cut its tax payments. These appeals are built on something known as the dark store theory of value, which is a, as nefarious as it sounds. Dark store is a, a scheme the change cook, chains cooked up around 2014 when they started appealing tax valuations on the grounds that their stores should be valued as though they were vacant buildings and not going concerns. Correct. Value me on my value me on my vacant land amount, yep. not as my million trillion dollar business. A few places smartly escaped the big box swindle. Vermont, for example, has a law that compels cities to do the math on new development. The result is fewer big box stores and more small businesses than any other state. Mm-hmm. Today, it's pretty clear that places that said no to Walmart are better off for it, but you still can't get most cities to do the full math. Just look up. All the Amazon warehouses going up with the same tax breaks and empty promises. Yep. Uh, Stacy wrote a book about this a while ago, and and I thought this was worth the conversation. You know, that you look at some of these things. Um, how much is your local Target worth? And a member in Strongstown, Minnesota, I believe, did the math on the tax value per acre of it his local target in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. The numbers and visuals tell a powerful story about what a bad investment big box stores are for our cities. Yep. They absolutely put a lot of small businesses out of business. Yes. By undercutting the prices. Yep. And when there are no more businesses, they raise their prices. Yep. What's probably the most popular store in this area? Meyer. Meyer. Which isn't technically a big box store, but kind of is. I mean, five states. Right? Yeah, it's one stop shopping. It's yep. got pretty much everything you need. Yep. It started just like Walmart, one store. Yep. And it grew. Yep. I shop at Meyer. Yep. But I also shop at Horrocks. I also shop at Fresh Time, which is owned by Meyer. Um, I shop at Penn's Fruit Market. Mm-hmm. I shop at Family Fair, which is owned by Spartan. Spartan, yeah, sure. Um, I shop at a lot of places. I like to spread my money around. Mm-hmm. That helps the economy the more places you're spending the money at, especially the smaller places like Horrocks. Horrocks has three locations, mm-hmm. Grand Rapids, Lansing, and Battle Creek. See, because, of like, I guess in the real estate side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm notorious for it. I I go to Godwin Hardware. Yep. I go to Ivan Rest Hardware. Yep. Small I business. I go to any of these guys have a crap ton of knowledge mm-hmm. and they have the parts I need type thing. But I also go to Meyer 
when I'm driving because they're open 24. Yep. And I go, a tenant will call and be like, hey, my toilet won't won't fill or won't stop filling. Okay. A new fill valve. Boom. Meyer has it on the shelf. Yep. And, you know, I don't I don't just go to the hardware store. So they, they can't give me everything. So there's there's a benefit to it. But if if I'm not around town, I'm just going to go right there and get yeah. these things. Like, I know exactly what I need. But if it's a plumbing thing, like, I have to go to these smaller stores because I don't know how to do shit. I'm dumber than a box of rocks, but there's YouTube and there's these guys, right? Well, you know, like, and, the other day, yep. the other day we were supposed to meet up. We were. We we're going to do an ep- yes. this episode. Yes, right? Uh, I, have a, I have a flood under the sink. The line actually broke. I'm like, man, it's five o'clock. Godwin closes at six. I'm like, I'm going to run to God because I have a pitcher. I can't run to the big box store because I don't know what I need at this point. Like I have a washer that's fitting in, but like, it looks like it could be already broken. And if you run to Meyer, you're getting someone like me. Oh, 100%. Right? That's going to look at it and go, I don't know what the hell you need. Awesome, man. Yeah. You have a pipe. Oh yeah. We have pipes over here. Yeah. Dude, I'm in the cat book food section right like yeah or now all they're gonna do is home hardware right there thanks man hey you got one of these uh white washer thingies oh we can look through these things for 20 minutes yeah uh, but if you go to godwin and you show them a picture godwin hardware you show them a picture they go oh that's right now i, I, I walked here. i walked in with my with my nut yep and the rubber or the well, it was plastic washer that was in it and he goes you got the other part what other part Right? Like, there, there's a pipe coming up in the other pipe. I'm not bringing you a pipe. And he goes, no, there's supposed to be a, a metal piece that goes up into the plastic here because, you know, the vibration is what causes it to break apart, and that's what happened is there's that piece. Now, that piece wasn't there. Oh, cool. All right, 79 cents for this brass piece of insert that goes in and a new washer because because of the vibration. It did it. I was less than... I was a dollar sixty into the whole entire thing. Go there. I'm like, well, he says it's going in here. It doesn't fit. Oh, we're gonna make it. He said it. I trust him. Wham! Get it in. Put the new thing on. Tighten the thing down and go. Gotta be shitting me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I walked in, literally had the part in my hand, and the guy goes, "Where's your other part?" <laughs> okay, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I, you know, I would have gone to Meyer. I would have gone anywhere. I could have gone to Lowe's, Home Depot. Yep. I would have sat there for hours. I would have gotten 15 different white washers, you know, type thing, trying to make this thing fit. Going, I have no clue. I have to get a plumber out here. And that plumber would have come with a 78 cent part or 79 cent part and gone, cool, and screwed it right back together. Yep. Yeah. So there, there's something to be said about expertise. Oh, 100%. And honestly, Places like that have expertise. If I need auto parts, oh yeah, I go to a local auto parts. I don't go to AutoZone most likely. I don't go to Advanced Auto Parts. Yeah, I go to Kenwood. It's around the corner from my house. Kenwood's if I'm in Plainwell, I go to Plainwell Auto Supply. Yep. I go to the smaller places because they're going to tell me what I need. Yeah. I don't necessarily know. Yeah, say. I go to Kenwood for all my sandpaper. Yeah. I mean, they're just. They always have it. I don't have to sit here and deal with other things. They they sell it in a different variety. They sell the variety I like. Yeah. You know, I can I can get onesie, twosie sheets versus having to buy a full box of, you know, square. I can get my round pads. I can get things. Like, and so, yeah, it's just, um, you know, they have the cheapest sand for sandblasting. They have, but, no, I, uh, you know, and, and these small stores are, they, they're awesome, right? So, I went into, well, it's just it, right? So, 
I was fixing, I was fixing a car, so I went to Track Supply because they have a large selection of nuts and bolts that yep. I needed. Um, I need a large bolt, and I go in there. Oh, so I was like, all right, we need to match this up. Nope, don't have it. How do you like? Oh, they have one, and then they don't have the nut for it. And I'm like, are you shitting me? Like, how do you? Oh, I try to go to Gemmins. All right, so I run down to Gemmins because I went to Napa, and they're like, yeah, we don't carry this. You have to go to the. So I run into there. And, oh, hey, all right. So now they have this, but they don't have, or, you know, they didn't have it in the the hardness that I wanted. Right. We're not gonna get it in the metals and all that, but so I ended up with two things that ended up working, but it just it took me forever to go to the. It's like, but if you know. Fastenal is a pretty national brand, but like if I went to Fastenal, they have everything I ever needed. I just go into it. But mm-hmm. you know, sometimes sometimes places just don't have what you need. But I, I try to go as most knowledge as possible for things that I don't have the most knowledge on. If that makes sense, right? Well, and, like you know, when we look at these small businesses, the prices are sometimes more. Oh yeah, but you're paying for the knowledge and the expertise that they bring and the customer service they're willing to give you. Well, was, you know, and that that. I went to Ivan Restart where I redid my grandpa's bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I bought a five gallon tub of mud, all pre mixed, you know, whatever. And I was like, all right. And uh, I, I walked, you know, I paid like 19 bucks or something. I walked into Walmart, or sorry, Lowe's the next day, just a fucking pallet of it. 11 or 12 bucks. I was yeah. like, come on. I was like, oh, you know, I, I was mad because I was already doing this all for free anyway. Right. And, I'm broke as crap, you know, sitting here going, that eight bucks would have bought me, you know, uh, all, all those things I needed. And I'm just like, but, you know, but then I looked at it and go, yeah, but if I go back to him and say, hey, man, how can I smooth this out a little bit better? Right. So, I mean, my uncle actually um, came and helped me. I, I didn't know. I'm so used to sanding when I mud. I'm so used to sanding um, when it's dry and stuff like that. And, you know, wait for And he goes, hey, take a take a wet cloth. Or, you know, like a wet sponge or something. And he goes, just lightly go at it, and it'll smooth out insane. And I was like, no crap. So, yep, I started saying, like, so I learned a whole new technique. It was just great. So, uh, anything else on that list? Uh, nope. Uh, you and I will talk offline about a question I just got from All right. a listener. Um, I had a beer. I had some beers. Um, I'm... Not feeling any adverse effects. Good. I, I'm very happy with that. Thank you, Angry Orchard, for not making me sick. Thanks, Mike's Hard, for not making me sick and letting me enjoy a nice summer day. I drink these in the summer. That's I, about it. I like light stuff in the summer as well. I've been having a lot of dark beer lately. I, I really hope I can handle porters and stouts again. Very soon, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, if you liked what we had, give us a like, a subscribe, a share, um, yeah. smash the button, as Nick always says. Uh, obviously, we're going to have more episodes coming. We're going to yeah. try and get back to this a little more regularly. If you have ideas for shows, please you know, tell us, because yeah. we want to help hit what you're interested in, not just talk about current events like we did today. I mean, I had a lot of fun with this, but... Yeah. No, so we'll, you know, we'll dive back. We'll dive back into like wealth management. We'll dive into some of these other things in, in depth into different episodes. But um, you know, I had a lot of fun talking about today's episode. Um, guys, again, we appreciate it. Sorry, it's been a little hiatus. We're gonna try to get right back into it. So. We we definitely are. So uh, thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you guys hopefully again next week.